Welcome to the Move Forward Boldly podcast. I'm Dr. Carolyn Harmon of Stridey Life Coaching, where we talk about anything having to do with health, wealth, and happiness. So if you are retired or thinking about retiring, then you'll want to find us on the internet at moveforwardboldly.com. You can find us on Facebook at Move Forward Boldly and also on YouTube, Moving Forward Boldly. You know, we discuss everything having to do with health, wealth, and happiness because we believe you never have to get old and you can be blessed with a lot of years. All right, let's get on with this podcast. Hey, listeners, you have a treat today. I had the good fortune to come upon Ms. Jamil Collins-Williamson right there on Facebook, believe it or not. Yep. Facebook. Now, she is a retired business professional with over 20 years of experience in the healthcare sector, right? But not only was she a, a leader in, in business, she was a Fortune 500 business manager, and she was a mentor to almost every woman that she came in contact with. She levered her position in the workplace to produce more young female leaders and inspired each one of them to be God-fearing, self-sufficient, and believe in who they are and all that they are. So Jamil is here with us today because she actually set a goal early on to be comfortably retired at the age of 50. And you know what? She did it. She is now a homesteader and avidly farms with her husband in Lexington, Georgia where they reside on a five and a half acres of land. Now, you can follow her on Facebook at Jamil Collins Williamson and also on Instagram at homesteader underscore lifestyle for lifestyle tips, where you can get content on gardening, health tips, and actually just staying amazing. Look, I follow her and <laughs> listen, you should too. So Jamil, how are you? And I'm really astonished at your bio. Just tell me about how your journey all began. From uh, from um, corporate to homesteading, it it was it wasn't for me. It wasn't a hard journey. Um, it was something that I've always wanted to do. Uh, because I've always wanted to retire early. I knew that I was going to retire early. I know I was going to put my time in. Mm -hmm. And I, I truly, truly mm -hmm. believe in evolution. You, <laughs> you're never going to stay the same unless you choose to. Yeah. And I was ready to, you know, do something different. I was ready to go more self-sufficient. I was ready to be more or less dependency on things that I could not control myself. Mm. Yeah, hear you. And I've seen things as like land as an investment. I've always believed in investments. I've always believed in uh, making my money work for me. And you will always have wealth when you own land. It never depreciates. That's beautiful the way you put that. When most people think about buying land, they're thinking about the dwellings, you know, single family or multifamily dwellings. Right. And which people don't really understand that houses will depreciate. Yeah. Houses will depreciate. Yeah. Anything from the earth never loses its value from gold, silver, bronze, land. Those things never lose the value because it was not created by man. 
and they're in limited supply. It's in limited supply. So when you have land, that is not only wealth, but it's also generational wealth and it is an inheritance that we in our legacy can pass on. Yeah. You're absolutely right. Uh, even if you look at the history of this country, the founding of this country from when the government came together and decided to have a treaty. They gave the Native Americans land. And now they're coming back for that land because that land at the time they felt, the, Native, the American government felt that it wasn't that much of a value. But now you see Native Americans never gave and up. They, they always the value gave the value of the land. Of land. They understood, right. Native Americans understood the value of land and they knew that the creativity and everything that you can do with land, natural resources. That's something that they understood. That we now are getting in that mind frame to understand the value of land, natural resources, natural remedies, uh, things of the earth that is more beneficial to us. Have you farmed or gardened all your life? Absolutely, absolutely no. I started uh, going into natural herbs and things in that about 10 years ago, I was vegan for like seven and a half years. Then I went raw vegan. So I understood that natural resources, things of the earth was very, very much important to me. Things that were not made with chemicals. And so I was really on that uh, road. And uh, before I even got into actual gardening, but I was into herbs and uh, raw vegetables, but I had to always buy them at farmer's markets. And, and I got kind of tired of that. And I said, I want to be able to grow and produce my own because I know what I'm putting in it. Right. And that's was the discovery of educating myself on plants and educate myself on how to grow certain things and grow certain things in, in weather. So I started my journey by educating myself, going into more of the natural herb, uh, natural herbs and going to that reading about it. How do you sustain it? How do you cultivate it? So I started reading about all of that while I was taking this journey on um, buying land. So your motivation then was just to evolve yourself. Yes, evolve myself out of corporate and get more closer to nature. Uh, get to the simple things of life. Mm -hmm. Look at things more in a simple way and look at things in a more beautiful way. Because when you're working corporate, you're in a hustle and bustle and you never really look at things in the simplicity. Right. Because you're running, you're making that money, you're 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 doing this, you're doing that, you're traveling, you're going to meetings, you're in a boardroom. So you never really relax and really look at the simplicities of life yeah. and be able to enjoy them and, 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 and look at them and research them and, and talk with them because you're always in that hustle, that hustle. And when I was able to get out of that hustle, that's when I was able to really look at the simplicity of life. So you had a set plan where you could do certain things at a certain time point. Is that right? Yes. 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 I wanted to retire at 50. I wanted to make sure I had enough that I can live off of the interest of, of my, my shares and uh, everything I put into the system. And so I wanted to make sure that I could live a certain way, not, not skip a beat and then give myself four years to decide if I wanted to do Texas or Georgia, where I want to invest 
land in. And so that's what I did. So in that four years before I bought the land, even though I was retired, I was researching, I was studying uh, studying uh, different fruits and vegetables and how to garden and how to raise animals and how to do these things in a more natural and simplistic way before I decided to uh, purchase the land in Georgia. Wow. Yes, I'm in Lexington, Georgia. I was in Duluth, Georgia. I lived in the city of Duluth for four years, my husband and I, and we actually both retired. He retired uh, two years before me. Um, but I wanted, we wanted to really research where do we want to take, you know, lay our roots and where do we want to grow our land? Because we have a working land because we're going to have animals and we have uh, gardens. And so we're going to have working land. So the land is going to work for us and with us. All right, so from, from what I see, you're doing mostly like, like vegetables um, and jarring, I guess, preserving and preparing to, to put food away for the long term. And also how to save, save money on food, right? Sustainability, how to preserve, because one thing people are not uh, realizing, and I know it is scary, it is a very scary thing to talk about the state that we're in right now, when you hear the word uh, recession, people panic. And um, you don't want people to panic, but you want people to be educated, sober-minded, and use wisdom. Mm -hmm. So I think, I, I always believed in uh, each one teach one. And when I joined a lot of Facebook pages, homesteading pages, Black farmers, which I love, I adore, um, I didn't see a lot of sustainability, how to sustain the food, how to um, make things last over time. So that's when canning and uh, um, bulk, bulk, um, bulk mylar bags and um, containers came to me uh, to sustain my food and how to do that. So I started saying, well, you know what? Since I've learned this, and since I do this, why don't I show someone else? Or why don't I teach someone else? And it became a big deal because people reach out to me all the time. Which one do you use? And how do you do it? Mm -hmm. And all of that. And how to purchase food in a recession. And so I've even uh, taught a couple of women on Zoom how to purchase your food in a recession. What do you do? The, what are the steps that you take? How do you make your money work for you during this time? And so I've got went into great detail in, even in that, even in that. And so how to buy your freezers and what types you should buy and what meats and produce and what's more better for you, canned food. And, you know, so I've been into all of those things with people because I want people to understand if this blows over in six months, it's nothing but food. You can always have your food. If this do not blow over, you're prepared. Yeah. Yeah. So I look at it both ways. You know, they say, well, I, I, I don't, what if you know, it doesn't last long? Well, if it doesn't last long, you just have more food than you, you know, you need it. But if it don't pass, you're prepared. It's much more important to not go to the store uh, uh, buying items that you bought and what you used to buy. Right. Go buy items, store, store brand items. Store brand items are cheaper. And back in the day, we used to call them generic items. Right. 
Right. Those which you don't want to go to the store and buy uh, Purdue chicken. You want to go buy the chicken that is not name brand, which is going to be cheaper for you. And you want to buy it based on the pound. Learn your pounds, learn your ounces. That's how you're going to win. So what about the GMO and the organic? They cost maybe a lot more, but is it worth it to you? It, I tell people right now, because if people are starting right now, it's going to be more expensive to buy those items. If they would have started six months, seven months prior, it would have been a lot, lot cheaper. Because right now, if you buy a non-GMO organic food, you're going to pay a lot of money right now because of what, where we are in, uh, in the economical um, swing of things. Right. It's going to be a lot more. Right. Seven, six, seven months prior to this, you probably could have get, gotten away with it. But right now, you can't. So that's why for me, it's better for me to grow mine. Because I started literally a year ago. I started literally a year ago economically preparing uh, my family because I'm really connected with a lot of the economists because that's something that I study. So I, you know, world economists, things just going on worldwide. And so I kind of studied a lot of that and followed the trend and where our, uh, where the country and the nations were going. Mm -hmm. So I kind of like, you know, told my husband, he was like, baby, that you, you, you know, you, you, you too, you're too deep. He's going to say, babe, you, you think of things too deep, but I'm like, babe, it's something in the wind. It's something in the wind. And he just said, okay, do what your heart is telling you to do, do what your spirit is telling you to do. And I started over a year ago. Oh, and I absolutely know that you're right, because one of the things that uh, rich people, when I say rich, I mean people with millions and billions of dollars, they always have land. They always have farming land. And um, they're not in the cities right now. Most of them are, are in the country running their farms or, or preparing their farms. Yes, they do. That's where it's at. They mm -hmm. move out of the cities. But mm -hmm. my girlfriend told me one thing years ago, and she's a neurosurgeon. Mm -hmm. And she told me, she said, mm -hmm. you always follow wealthy people. Yeah. Because they're always three or four steps ahead of us. And when I purchase, our, when we purchase our land, I could negotiate the land deal, you know, at that time. But it was, you know, you would still have a hard time finding it because I've had my land over a year before we actually moved on to it. Um, but now it's going for one of the places over here. It has a little teeny one bedroom shack on it. It's not even an acre. And it's going for $700,000 and it's sold within 24 hours. Whoa. Cash offer. And it, it's telling people a whole lot right now because if you recall, Texas, Florida, Georgia, um, Iowa, they have the cheapest land. You can, I mean, go out there and in Arizona, you can go out there and buy land for $27,000, seven, eight, nine acres, five or six years ago. You, you, that, that's laughable. So you bought your land, um, not with like a tax sale or a lien sale or distressed buyer, any type of sale. You just went to the, the straight conventional market. I went to the straight market and bought cash out. We didn't want, if we would ever leave this world, we didn't want our sons to have to pay anything but the tax on everything. And so we didn't want to have a mortgage 
on the land. We did not want to have payments on the land. We didn't want to have any of those. So he knew where I was going prior to us getting married. And he said, okay, let's join in this. I said, you know, because this is going to be the biggest, biggest things that we ever purchased because even with houses, it's not the same type of wealth. Again, how many acres do you have? Five and a half acres. Nice. That's a really good sign. Yes. Five and a half acres. And I am very grateful uh, for this little community. It's a homesteading, farmsteading community. It's nothing but bunches of farmers out here with, and it's hunting and it's nothing but a bunch of farmers and things. And it's just wonderful. The only thing they want to do is help you get where you want to be. Everybody just wants to help. Those communities are beautiful communities. And I was always kind of standoffish. I'm like, oh, wow. You know, it's not enough us and those communities. Mm -hmm. And, oh, my God, mm -hmm. you know, wow. And, I mean, it's almost like what you would see on Lifetime. You know, everybody just want to talk to you. Everybody yeah. want to know what you need. It's like, it's like something that I'm not used to because I'm from California. Yeah. And so yeah. I'm not used to that very much open just talk and so you you figure out that it is a wonderful movement um of farmers and and homesteaders that now are selling their eggs and they're hunting because we can deer hunt and in september we can start hunting for deer and they do wild hogs and things so what they're doing is they're um, hunting the meat and they're selling it for the the price that it should be in the store because and then they even selling their eggs you know i haven't bought eggs in so long it's you know crazy because i go to the farm and get them and they're selling their eggs for like three dollars for 24 case of organic eggs where now in the stores they're like five and six seven dollars to buy eggs yep and who, who is going to be able to live like that who is going to be able to um sustain that we're going to have to give up so much to even, but one thing I have uh, talked about on um, the homestead, the black farmers and the um, Christian homesteaders is we're going to have to join in as a community. And I know people is every man for himself. And I get that. I get it. I get that you've worked hard. You've built your stuff up and they seen the warnings and why didn't they, they do it themselves? I get it. I really do. But we have to have a heart. We have to have a heart somewhere because when people are in need, this is when we have to stand up and say, you know what? Okay, what can we do to help? Okay, I got 15 chickens. You need eggs? Okay, I can butcher one of my chickens for you so to make sure your family eat. Okay, come. I have three gardens. Come get vegetables off of my land. You know what I'm saying? We have to be able to switch and, and be not just be out for ourselves only. And prepare our families only. Right. But we have to look at every other people as well because everybody don't have that space to do that. Right. Everybody don't have. So we have to be able to say, okay, you know, I've canned up, canned up for over a year and a half. I got things that's canned. I can give you some of my peas. I can give you some of this. We, we have to be able to work as a community. And especially a black community. Mm. Especially a black community. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Now you used a term that I'm not familiar with, 
Homesteader versus farmer. What's the difference? A homesteader is uh, someone that does mostly 85 to 85% of everything is done at home. At home from their vegetables and fruit from their meat sources is mm -hmm. done from home. The things that they cannot grow and produce that we buy in bulk. We buy in big bulk that you may not see us in a grocery store or any kind of mm -hmm. markets for about for about five, six, seven months. Most mm -hmm. of us will can up to a year. Can up to a year. We'll fill our freezers up to a year or year and a half worth of food. Yeah, farmsteaders, uh, they, they have farm. And a lot of those, they um, sell goods of service. You know, they, you know, they may have, a, a, what is that, a kale farm that they mm -hmm. only grow kale. Mm -hmm. They might have pea mm -hmm. farm that they only, uh, but what I've been explaining to them, that's good. But what about sustainability for your own family? Yeah. Right. You have to be prepared. And a lot of farmers, they make money. They're commercial farmers. Yeah. Even the black farmers yeah. um, channel on Facebook, they're more commercial farmers. But yeah. you have to step back and say, OK, I got to be able to have things put away from my home. That's why when I started doing canning and showing it, they said, OK, oh, my God, my grandma and my aunt. I said, but we have to start doing it again, too. Yeah. Yeah. And because of what's happening, and I always tell people, you have to look at it this way. If you have a family of three, and this is, um, I always tell people, this is economics 101, way back when I was in school. Mm -hmm. When you have a family mm -hmm. of three, when you're in any kind of recession or depression, they always say to you, you have to have enough food for six months to a year. And that's six months to a year from everyone in your family. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Yeah. Yeah. And for homesteaders, we make our own uh, breads. I, I do all my own breads. I make all my own jellies, jams. I make all my own uh, sauces. I don't get any of those things from the store. I make everything that I can homemade. Yes, from spaghetti sauces to my uh, chicken broth, my vegetable broth, my beef broth, all those are made at home and they're canned and I put them on my shelves and I date them and put them in and you know how much each item will last. A lot of the things that you can will last you a year and over, depending on what it is. For somebody starting out, what would be one of the first things you suggest they did to do? The first, and when you talk about in canning, yeah, in canning, right yeah. Well, the first thing you want to actually can is things that uh, have great shelf, like like beans. You can can your beans. You can now can meats. You can uh, only thing you cannot can is milk and butters. You know, if you you can't put those in recipes and can it. Um, chicken broth, apple juices, things in that. Right, right now, because it's not harvest season. It's going to be hard to do like vegetables and fruit unless you go to a store and do it because harvest season is not into the end of summer. Right. That's when we harvest everything and then we start canning everything. Right. What I would tell somebody that's starting right now, if you could, if you have like, what is those farmers markets? Yeah. yeah. If you have things like that, go get string beans get apples, uh, get uh, tomatoes, uh, get 
any kind of a sturdy vegetable that you can because they don't they don't do meat at the farm. Yeah, well, the farmers markets out here we sell meat. Go to those places. You can do tomato sauces. You can do apple sauces, apple juice, apple pie filling with just apples. Mm-hmm. You can do mm-hmm. all three of those with just two two to three pounds of apples. Wow. Okay. You can do vegetable broth with the, the your vegetables, your old vegetables. When I cut up onions, when I use the skins of carrots, I put them in Ziploc bags, I put them in the freezer. When I'm making my vegetable broth, I take all that out. And there's tons of bags, and I make my vegetable broth with it. So wait a minute. You're saying when you're making a salad with the uh, vegetables that are left over, like the tail of the onion? The onion stamped the skin of the onion. It's nothing but flavor. When you cut up your uh, your carrots, the cor- the carrot skin, all of that. Yeah. When you do your uh, bell pepper, the top of the bell pepper, all of that. Yeah. Do not throw any of that away. Wow. Don't throw it away. Put those in bags. When you get ready to make your stock, your vegetable stock, or even your chicken stock, you put all that in there. So homesteaders have really, they don't throw too much away. And then we give the rest of that to our chickens. Oh, okay. So everything is recycled onto your land. So after you finish with all of that, you give that to your chickens. Because your chickens will eat all of that. And even when you're doing your chicken, um, only thing that I do not, what I would not give a chicken is meat. So I, when I make my uh, chicken broth, I do chicken feet and chicken necks. I will totally put those in a compost. Okay. Okay. Right. And it goes back into the earth. It goes back into the ground when I start gardening. I think that that whole system is really good for most communities in the suburbs to have one big farm. For all the homeowners. And I don't know why, and even for apartment complexes, you, yeah. I know they want parks for kids, but you need to put one of those for a community garden yeah. that yeah. everybody that comes together and help grow. And it would be a good way for people to have the opportunity to really get to know people who don't look like them and not be so afraid. You know, get to know them on a, on a real level, life living, basic life living level. It, I have learned so much from all my my neighbor. He's five miles down from me. He's he's um, Venezuela. I've learned so much from him. I got a neighbor uh, another five miles down. He is a, car, a, a white. I've learned so much. We have learned so much from. We're all going hunting together in September. Wow! Wow! You nice. would think. Nice. What you would think that everybody is so standoff because that's what you hear, right? And I and it's like it's like a big community because they the farmers that I'm around that I live in I live by a lot of uh, cow farmers and horse farmers and all different types of farmers egg farmers commercial egg farm um, egg farmers they're they're warning what's getting ready to happen <laughs> because they don't they sold off a lot of their cattle because they don't have the grain because the grain is so high mm-hmm. so they only can have so much on their land. So much beef on their land because they don't have the, the grains. 
And so they're preparing the ones like me that are not cow, raised cows, where you can come on our land and, you know, purchase the cow and we'll chop it up and have it done for you. It's a big community. Yeah. Yeah. And I told my husband, I said, what can we do to help people outside of our community? Outside of our homestead and farm community, it's going to be people that's going to need meat. It's going to be people that's going to need eggs. And and people get so scared. They're like, no, I don't want to hear about. The, but it's, a, it's I live in a world of reality. When you've been in business as long as it's, it's, it's reality. That's all it is. There's no in between. And so I can't tell you no other way but what the needles are saying. The markings are saying, the markets are saying, and if we're not prepared as a people, that's my heart desire is we be prepared as a people. Absolutely. And help each other, help each other. Uh, You know, we have to teach each other. What do, Mm -hmm. and people now inviting people to their homesteads to show them how to grow to show them how to raise them, to get familiar with animals, to get familiar with chickens and goats. Let it not be, oh, that's natural. I can't do that. You want to get familiar because that is your source. Yeah. But you're talking about a woman that came out of heels, suits, handbags, uh, briefcases, now to, you know, shoveling cow manure from my fertilizer. Uh, Yeah, that's a long way. Yeah, big difference. Big difference. And that's why I've let evolution take its course. I've let the, the, I've allowed myself to learn something new. Yes, you did. You, you allowed yourself, well, you, you were open to change and, and that makes all the difference. So many of us get caught up in, in resisting change. We want things to stay the same way, but that never happens. The only thing that's constant is change. And by you being open to it, you walked into a future that is truly amazing. It, it, it's really awesome. Right. And if we grasp that, and if we understand that, and if we take hold to that, nothing is going to ever be the same. And, you know, our young kids now that are 20 and uh, 21, they're not going to live 20 and 21 like we did. Mm-hmm. You know, they're mm-hmm. going to have to grow up a lot quicker than we did because we, you know, we enjoy our 20s. But what's happening now, the ones that's going to be in their 20s, it's going to be difficult because they're going to have to be in a mindset of survival. I have to do I have to do certain things that I would never think I'll be doing to just survive. And I think if people understand that this is a different time, we're in a different season right now. Right, right. I think the whole idea of of their being in their 20s, like us being in our 20s, is very different. The world is a different place. And it's not that it's bad or it's not that it's good. It's just going to be different. Their focus is going to be different. This world is different now than it ever was before. And so they're going to have uh, uh, 20s that we could not have even imagined. And for us to continue to insist that our kids need to go to college to be uh, uh, prosperous or productive, that's a way with the the old style way of thinking. This is a new world. And what we need to be teaching our children at this time in schools is how to be sustainable, as you say, how to be independent. 
have a shop of your own of your own understand business understand life as it exists beyond human beings for instance right be like for trees and flowers we're all a part of that community exactly and that's when my niece came down from california she's an rn um at kaiser she came down she wanted to learn how to can and she wanted to learn how to um do raised beds and how to garden that she is nowhere near that but she wanted to learn that because she lives you know in the city and she has her house and she you know thing and she's i don't have a big enough backyard for all of that and it's like wow this is a whole different lifestyle mm-hmm it's a very different lifestyle from the city. If we try to teach our kids, get out the college. Some people will go to college, but most of people won't. They have to learn hands-on. Right. They're going to have to learn how brick lane, uh, uh, how to build something. Right. You know, me, my husband and I yeah. built our chicken coop. First time, you know, he likes to build anyway. We've never built a chicken coop, right. and we did it together. Yeah. Yeah, I saw that workbench you did. It was pretty nice. Yeah. Yeah, he built it, and then now we're building the goat housing for the goats. And it's like, you have to learn how to, he come out of management at UC Davis and you have to learn a different trade. You have to learn to be able to trust and work together as a community. And it's so much distrust around right now. I don't know how we're going to connect ourselves to one another, to help one another, to be able to get through these storms. Yeah, we have to build communities of uh, people with like uh, people we can trust, people with uh, the similar beliefs and similar uh, vision of the future of what our f- future can actually be like. But we have to get together really to to grow that trust. Right, and how we're going to all survive this life together. Yes. That is key. How are we going to all survive it together? Because everybody going to have to have some type of trade or something they can do to bring to the community. Yep. And if you're not learning anything, you know, you have to be able to work together as a unit. You have to. I seen this Facebook post a couple of days ago. And a comment was like, okay, people, we're going to all have to start living together because your rent and stuff is going up too high. But that's nothing That's nothing that we have been taught. But if you look at, um, if you look at the uh, Mexican community, the Asian community, they've all always lived together. Yeah. And we don't know how to live together. And people are like literally becoming homeless because the rent is being... I mean, increase to who will be able to pay a one bedroom eighteen, nineteen hundred dollars? Yes, it's working people that are homeless, and that is so scary because now it's it's either my rent or my gas yeah. or my food. Yeah. Something is going to give because then you're going to have more abuse, more uh, um, alcoholism more drug addictions, more gambling, because people outlet is going to be something that I need to relieve myself from the stress. Well, we're seeing it already. There's more shooting. More sh- oh, my God. <sighs> and it saddens me so much. 
is because it's a generation that we forgot to teach. What we knew, we stopped teaching them how to become. And we didn't want to be as hard as our parents and as strict as our grandparents. But that is what made us. And we left that generation to almost fend for themselves. And this is the product of it. They don't know what we know. They don't have the backbone. They, they don't have the backbone, the strength, the go-ahead, the go-get that we were raised with, that grit. Right. Because right. now they don't want to work. And it's, yeah. it saddens me. It sucks. It saddens me so much because I see this generation just, and I always say, where did we fail you? Where did we fail you? Maybe it's because we just wanted them to have so much more than we had. Look what less bought us. It bought us tenacity. It bought, it, it brought us endurance. It brought us how to survive. And all of those things they don't have. You work for what you get, you want, and you work hard for it. And we just wanted to give them everything on a silver platter, but we forgot to teach them the grit that we were raised with. Yeah, we may not have had everything, but it taught us how to get it. And I remember when I first purchased, we first purchased our land, um, uh, these old gentlemen, I, I love to listen to the older generation. They, you know, the Bible said, I let the old uh, teach the young. And they were talking about up here where I live, it was owned, 90% was owned by African-Americans, 90%, the land, the land. And it was passed down to their children. And they didn't want the land. They wanted to move to New York, California. And either when the parents died, they just let the land go. And people came in and swept. They auctioned it off and they bought it for little for nothing. And then they got it and started selling it off. Now wow. we have a lot of African-Americans wanting to buy land again. Yeah. But it's so outrageously yeah. expensive. And I told the guy. I said, because we did not understand our inheritance. And now you have this younger generation that wants land. They want to live more from nature, but it's so impossible for them to afford it. Yeah. Because it was a generation of us that did not understand the inheritance, even if we would have never moved back just to pay the taxes on the land and hold it, we didn't know that that was wealth. And now we have to say, okay, what are we going to do to get out of this? And right. that's why I believe each right. one teaching one, and even like you said on social media, reaching out and just teaching on social media, right. talking right. about like you're right. talking, talking right. about things, educating people on right. where we right. were and where we are and where we need to go. Right, absolutely. And right. And, and these things are so important because people don't hear a lot of us talking about certain things. Right. 
we, you just don't hear us talk. If it's not political, we ain't talking about it. Right. But it's so much more to right. us. We are yeah. we are so much more than that. You know, politics is important, yes. But right now, we have to teach ourselves, teach each other how we're going to survive this storm. Exactly. And I think one of the things that we do is we look outside for the answers, but the answers are within. We need to take some time uh, for, for prayer, for meditation to come up with those answers. So sort of like what, what you did, uh, you, never, you said you never farmed a day in your life, but you asked some key questions. That, what do I want my life to be like? And you found the answers from within. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I started reading and I started listening and I started learning, teaching myself. I started getting on um, YouTube, watching um, Homesteader channels and looking at that, researching that. You know, it's more black, black homesteaders now that I can look at on YouTube. But I looked at everybody, no matter what color they were, because right. they were teaching you something. Something. Yeah. And the I just I don't believe in. Yeah, I don't believe in limiting myself no. to knowledge. No. No. I believe I can get gain knowledge from anybody, anybody's life, anybody's walk of life. I can gain knowledge. And now it's time for us to pay it forward and bring that knowledge to people that don't know it and say, right. wait a minute, right. back in the 60s and the 40s, we didn't depend on government as the answer. Oh, yeah. That's why Black Wall Street was created. Yes. Yes. Because we did not, but we yes. did not, we, but we depended on ourselves to become the answer with prayer, meditation, worship, and, right. and working together. And we start empowering each other. Absolutely. We started talking to each other. And what is your skill? What do you like to do? And a lot of people don't can't, haven't even asked themselves that. What do I like to do? Exactly. Because we were so, we were so used to saying, what is your five-year plan? What is yeah. your 10 year plan? Yeah. But yeah. we never yeah. came down yeah. to say, what do you like to do? Which should be a real easy question. For some people, it's not. And it's not. It is not. Because people hesitate. What is, what is your heart desire? Outside of being a singer, a YouTube, you know what I'm saying? What, where do you see the world today? And what can you be, what, what, is, what can you do to impact your small community or the world? What, how can you impact it? If it's one or two people, or even three people, right? Just make an impact because somebody is listening. Right. Somebody is going to hear it, right. and right. somebody is going to run right. with it. Right. This is what I tell people who, who say, "Well, well, how do I get started? How how do I do this business? How do I get my message out there?" And the thing is, just start. Put your message out there, and continue to put your message out there. Not everybody who hears your message will will use it, but those that are looking for you, they will find it and they will grow in a way that you can't even imagine. So make sure you put your message out there and you keep putting it out there. Exactly. And then have a plan. Yeah. Because if you don't have a yeah. plan, you're gonna plan to fail. Yeah. You yeah. got to have a plan, write out your vision, make that vision plain. And then don't make big, big, big plans that you cannot achieve and that it's going to be hard. Make small and then achieve that. Then go to the next step and achieve that. And there's one thing I just want to say about that vision. You have to know that this is your vision. So you can't ask your friend, your sister, your priest, whoever. You can't ask them if they agree with you because it is your 
vision is uniquely you. Your vision is your vision. And that vision was given to you. Yeah, and exactly. you run with that vision. Exactly. You run. Now, it's a difference between an individual vision and a family vision. Yeah. Yeah. Because uh, if it wasn't for my husband and me having the same vision on where we want to take our land, it wouldn't have worked. Because if it was just my vision and wasn't his vision, and right. you know we bumping up against each other, it would have worked. Yes, we had to come into alignment and an agreement and saying, okay, if this is how we're going to do it, let's write down the steps on how we're going to accomplish this vision. Very important. Very, very important. And now if it's an individual vision, you can have an individual vision within a family vision as well. But the vision is going to all coexist together. Right. It's going right. to coexist all together. And right. be, it be, it's going to become beautiful. And so, but we have to first have a vision. Absolutely. We have Absolutely. to have a plan first. And everything starts with an idea. Everything starts with a plan. And right now, it, we have to start planning for the next month, the next months to come. And all of that. We have to start planning for that. Yeah, start buying things on sale. Start buying canned foods. Start buying um, whatever meat is the cheapest from chicken to beef to pork. Start buying that. Because right now when you go into the store and they're sending me little text messages, meat that's uh, $17 and meat that's $25, that's just chicken. Mm -hmm. I'm just blown away. Well, when I, started, when I started buying canned food, this is about... When I first started, before I started putting it on Facebook, it was about nine months ago. And you can still buy cans for, you know, two, four dollar, 50 cents, things like that. So I went and kept buying cases of canned food, cases, 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 but lots of vegetables, beans and things like that. Black beans, cases at a time. Now you can't even get a can for under two dollars. Nope. Mm -hmm. A can. Mm -hmm. And I feel so bad because when I first was doing it, I should have been recording it then. And I, I get mad at myself because I didn't do it at that time. I wasn't thinking about it at that time. Um, I think I got a video out on how to, how to shop in a recession. And I walk people through it, the steps, how I, I'll shop during a, uh, during a recession. I was showing how people how to make certain recipes, how to bulk shop you know, things in, things in that nature and how to, how to look at the prices and what's a, be what's a bigger, better deal than another better deal, fluid ounces uh, to other fluid ounces, you know, how to buy your chicken in families of four, you know, how to um, preserve it, you right. know. Um, so where on the internet, if, if somebody's looking for these videos, where would they be able to find them? Well, I only have about eight or nine on there right now. I need to get right. back on it. I okay. really do. It's uh, it's called a, a, a homesteader's life. A homesteader's life. That's right. I'll have that. I, I have it written. Yeah. Yeah. It it's called a homesteader's life. Yeah. And the thing of it is, I need to get back. And my husband said, "Baby, you need to get back active on that." It's because people need to know. People really yeah. need to know. Yeah. And because it's hard for me to find each one of your videos on on Facebook. I mean, they come to me because I am friends with with the Black Farmers uh, page. But YouTube, yeah, yeah, it would be helpful. And then, yeah, the people reach out to me from Black Farm, and I'm like, it's that right. one. I said, just go. Right. 
you put a lot on my, and then I have an actual Instagram, mm -hmm. a page, mm -hmm. yeah. a homesteaders life Instagram page with just, um, my gardening, mm -hmm. my chicken coop, uh, the farm, the, uh, certain recipes on right. Instagram. And so I do try to put a little bit and I have my, I put some on my Facebook page, put it in my stories, but I'm going to start doing more because the more people now reach out to me and say, how do I do this? How do I make homemade bread? How do I make homemade rolls? How do I do these things? Um, it's so much easier if you have a video and you walk oh, yeah. people through it. Oh yeah. Then to, oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, how to make a mayor, how you make your marinades, your vinaigrettes. Um, without going to the grocery store, you know, and showing them what ingredients to use for marinades and all that kind of stuff, uh, it's better yeah. for people to see you doing it. And so, um, because it's coming so close to people saying, oh my God, Jamel, how am I going to do this? And my gas is $5. How the best thing to do is learn how to do it at home yourself. You've got to learn how to do it. You have to buy your staples. Do you know a lot of people don't even know what staples are? Yeah. Your staples your uh, flowers, your sugars, vinegar, salts, vinegar, vinegars, uh, oats, grains. grains. Those are your staples. Staples can be canned food. And once you purchase your staples, you can make bread. Because bread is nothing but your staples. Right. Because you don't have to add egg. You don't have to add egg to bread if you don't choose to. Right. You don't have to add that. So you buy your yeast. You know, you need your yeast. You need to eat your bread flour. You need your flours, things in that. You need you need your staples. Once you have your staples, you can make waffles. You can make pancakes. You can make cornbread. You can make bread. You can make anything. But you have to have your staples. And people, the younger kids don't know what their staples are. And how do you maintain those staples? What do you use to preserve those staples? What do you use to make them last longer? Well, you have to buy food savers, um, you know, containers that you can save, you put it in. And yeah. it lasts you five years. Yeah. Right, bulk. You have to buy it in bulk. You have to buy it in bulk. And then you have to have the uh, the the containers to be able to sustain it. Sustain it, yeah. Especially like beans, all yes. kinds of beans. Yes. Flowers. Yes. Yeah. Beans, You if you don't have meat, you got beans. Right. If you don't got beans, you got rice. If you can't, if you can't buy beef and you can't buy pork, you got. Hopefully, you bought chicken, because right now the chicken prices. Who and I told my husband once we start killing our own. I'm not. I'm, I'm not. I'm not a person that sell. Um, the Lord never put that on my spirit to sell anything. He always told me to give it away. He said, "You take care of my people. I take care of you." Amen. And so I would rather give, kill the chicken, give it to a family, than kill the chicken and have them buy it from me. Yeah, I understand that. Yeah, <laughs> I'd rather give it to you. And then I teach you how to do it. Okay. Because each one have to teach one. And they were like, you're you going to start hunting? You're going to start. I'm like, why would I go and have my chicken done for me and I can learn how to do it myself? So when you go hunting, what are you going hunting for? Deer. Deer meat. Okay. Yeah. Hog. Okay. Yeah. And even though I don't eat hog, I can fill my freezers up with it. Yeah. yeah. E even though I love deer. I love deer and I love goat. You fill your freezers up with it. Because you always have meat. You always have meat. Because we are so used to eating meat as Americans. We are very used to eat meat. Can you imagine us not being able to eat meat if you ain't a vegan or a vegetarian? You know, you're so, it's going to be hard. Yeah. 
So that's why we decided to raise chickens because chickens is one of the easiest, cheapest um, meat sources to raise, plus goats, because goats eat your grass. And you just substitute them with some alfalfa and things like that, which is not uh, expensive, and some hay. Yes. And a barrel of hay out here is like $5. And you add some alfalfa to that, and you have your goats, and they're, you're, they're, they're just fine. And their milk books be good, too, because they're, they're eating your grass. So, yeah, it, it, it's natural. It, it's healthy. Right. And you can get, even feed them from your garden. Yeah. Don't eat any green from your yeah. garden. And then goat, um, a goat um, manure is good too for uh, for your garden because whatever your animal eat, you're going to feed it to your garden, and those are the easiest things to feed your family if you have the room, if you have the capability to raise your own chickens, raise your own meat, do it. If you don't, that's fine too. Go out to homesteader, uh, look at homesteader community. They're selling their meat selling their eggs, selling their milk. They're giving people deals that the grocery store should be doing, but they're not because they're going up in price. Go out to a farm country where you have farmers. Yeah. They're selling uh, beef. There's, that's where you need to go. Get, buy the freezer. Uh, you know, buy you either um, something little, a five and, yeah, a use for the five and up and mm -hmm. stock it up with um, frozen vegetables and meat. Yeah, because when you don't, when you cannot purchase this anymore, right? then what are we going to do? Right. Yeah. So the best thing yeah. to do is always have more than you need. Right. And I'm telling yeah. people all the time, I'm telling people, get out of those stores because it's more expensive. Go to these farmers, go to these homesteaders, look them up, go on Facebook, up store. They're selling eggs. They're selling meat. And they're selling them for prices that you can afford. And you can go get it. Yeah, go get it and you have it. And you don't have to leave your house and, and worry about not having it. Yeah. And this is the time. It's not going to get better soon. It's yeah, going to get worse. It's not going to. We it might get better, but it's going to get worse first. This is, a, this is how I'm feeling. And I don't know how long it's going to stay there, but it's going to get worse before it gets better. For sure. And we have to do something about it. Yes, we, we are taking action. The, the wheels are already turning. Uh, we're building a community uh, here on, on the wide world of the web. Uh, we're, we're reaching out to people and people are reaching out to us. Uh, we, just as I, I reached out to you on Facebook, some people have reached out to me from, from my Facebook page as well. And we will continue to grow. And we will do this by continually repeating our message and so people that hear us and want to join us will become part of us and we will become part of them. I'm sure there are people out there who have things that we need and they we have things that they need. So we can all come together, maybe at different times, different places. It doesn't matter, but we all have our own communities, whether we're around the world or right next door. It's still community. So, you know, I just say, just just keep on reaching out uh, and, and accepting new people into your group. Don't be afraid of that because this is what is going to um, have us succeed at, at this time because it, it's very important. Do you agree? Absolutely. Thank you, Jamil Collins-Williamson. We are so 
grateful um, to be gifted with your presentation today with, with your story of how you achieved that early retirement that you planned and you lived the life that you were visioned afterwards. Grateful that you walk the talk of each one teach one as you mentor people before in your professional career. But not only then, but you continue to do so now on the internet. It is so awesome. So well, viewers, I, it's listeners, <laughs> I hope you got a lot out of this because I sure did learn a lot of stuff. And uh, yeah, just just remember, we never, ever have to get old. We can always be blessed with a lot of years. This concludes our podcast. This is Dr. Carolyn Harmon of Strategy Life Coaching saying thank you for listening. And you can find us on the web on Facebook at moveforwardboldly.com or you can also find our podcast at Spotify and also on our website at moveforwardboldly.com. Thanks for listening.